Okay, and we're live. On the world. <laughs> that was a solid three second silence. It's, it's perfect. It's okay, but we, we need some dead air. <laughs> we um, need some dead air. You gotta you got um, keep the people in, in suspense. Yeah, a moment of silence, if you will. Yeah, for you know, the stock market. I forgot who said it exactly, but they said that the silence in music is also part of the music, so. Yeah, well, anyways, with that, everybody, welcome to the Friends Plus Podcast, episode four. And today, got a bit of a smaller crowd. It's myself, Tanner, a.k.a. Koala, and James, a.k.a. James, and Kyle, yep. a.k.a. Kyle, a.k.a. iTech Remix, a.k.a. EAS Central, formerly. <laughs> uh, and we have Anthony, a.k.a. Dr. Death, or I guess a.k.a. now Lollard Heretic. Let's bring Captain Star back. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah. God, God, Emperor Star. We'll we'll bring that back when we bring iTech two seven eight back. <laughs> oh. There was a, I, that was that was correct, right? I got yeah. The right. Yeah. Yeah. We all. Still, we're, we're that's all what, that's why that was that was that's why that was retired. <laughs> I, I, still, I still think we we should do a podcast with our um with that like dog camera thing that Kyle did we just we just all oh, just, face rig. just talking in like like an It's been like a solid 8 years since I've done that but <laughs> yeah we will have a we're planning on having an in person podcast episode when me Caden and Kat go to Idaho in March Yeah that would be pretty cool if you get some fancy setups going we already got the fancy soundboards and everything we excited is going to be the podcast episode to catch. So, those of you listening in, tune in then. Um, we'll announce exact dates and such later on. Anyways, back to this episode. The main topic we wanted to talk about is the same one that everybody else is talking about because, oh boy, is it amazing! Stonks. I thought you were talking about gills. <laughs> uh, you know, what, like shark fills? Gills? No, like gills. Like G I L F. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's also a hot topic. Uh, That's a back topic. But guns I'd like to fire? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but for real, the system is corrupt. Everybody. Uh, Everybody listen to Bernie Sanders. Exactly. <laughs> Daddy communist. Yeah, do you think we should uh, give a little context? I feel like every podcast and everyone in general's probably heard at least some of what's going on recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, like, the, the specifics of it. Uh, I just know the basics of it, so it'd probably be better if somebody else explained it. Um, well, as far as I understand it, Mel Melvin Kaplan and a few other um, hedge funds uh, pretty much put out a report saying they were going to essentially they were shorting um, stocks like like GameStop, which uh, essentially, for those that don't know, means that they were going to borrow stocks from uh, other investors 
um, at one price and essentially they would sell those stocks uh, and then hope that the price of that stock would fall and then try to buy it back at a profit before they gave it back uh, from where they borrowed it. So what uh, what Reddit r slash Wall Street Bets did, um, they sort of caught on to this and uh, heard that this was going to happen. So after Melvin and, and the other hedge funds had shorted these stocks, they uh, decided that they were going to buy a whole bunch, which would shoot the price up so that these hedge funds could not uh, buy them back at a lower price, but instead at a much higher price, which has caused uh, a lot of problems for these hedge funds, considering I think I just saw a report saying that their net loss on this whole thing has been about $54 billion so far. Um, not just one hedge fund in particular, but overall. Um, so, uh, yeah, essentially the uh, investors on Reddit are facing off these huge uh, corporate hedge, hedge funds and it's it's been an interesting battle. It has. It's been a glorious, well, hard-fought battle. We were just talking about. Um, I think one of the glorious things about moments like this is it's not a Democrats versus Republican situation like it has been for the last five plus years, at least, with the the, the high uh, political yeah, turmoil in our country. It's 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 just rich people versus literally the rest of America. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been an issue that's actually unified both Democrats, Republicans, Independents, and whoever. I, I think most people I've seen so far have pretty much all been like on the side of of the little guys. Yeah, it's. I think we try to remain at least semi apolitical in this podcast, but I don't think this is a the a topic we really have to hold back too much about because I don't think we have to worry about offending. Some, yeah. some rich stockbrokers. We might have some of those billionaires watching, though. Yeah, Robinhood CEO is probably watching. Uh, yeah, if, if there's any Robinhood CEOs or anything like that, or any Melvin Capital uh, stockbrokers listening in, just, uh, or not stockbrokers, everything is alleged that we, we say in this podcast. If we have any rich uh, hedge fund managers listening in. Uh, if there's anybody rich that's listening right now, get fucked. Yeah, in reality, I'll get fucked. It depends on your definition of of wealth, right? What how 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 rich do you have to be to be rich? It's good. I mean, well, I, if the, I mean in guy, in this case, a lot of these managers were already gaining billions off of shorting stocks like this. Um, so this has kind of been, uh, I don't want to say the first time, but this has definitely been one of the biggest profile cases of. Uh, of, of short squeezing, especially yeah, yeah. by uh, by um, communities online. Yeah, I do want to want to clarify when we say rich people, we're not talking about making a hundred k plus a year. You know, you're well off, can maybe afford to buy yeah. a couple fishing boats. No, we're talking buy like three helicopters. Billion. Billionaires, yes, multi billionaires. Apache attack helicopters as well. So yes. Um, in, in sort of like relative terms, you've got these people who probably already own like 10, 100 millions. They don't need any more money. And basically, Wall Street's bets are sticking to it, sticking, sticking it to them as little guys just trying to basically reverse what these sort of people did with the like 2008 financial crisis and all that shit. 
Right. And to, to expand on what's um on what's actually going on, the reason that these redditors are trying to hold hold their stocks or hold the line, um, even when the prices are fluctuating like they are, um, of course so far it's been mostly a net positive until some other stuff happened, which um, we'll probably explain soon. But uh another they're trying to hold these because eventually there's a essentially a time limit to when these hedge funds have to give these borrowed stocks back. Um, therefore they have to purchase the stocks back to actually give them back to whoever they borrowed them from. So essentially holding it ensures that, uh, that the, essentially that time limit will expire on, on these capital hedge funds and uh, force them in, into a uh, massive debt. <laughs> yeah. Cause they will be yeah. forced to purchase back the stock at whatever price it is. So if it's, it's again that's their hope is that it's insanely low so that they can make a bunch of profit but it may end up being very high in which case they have to they they just lose a lot of funds just vanishes with thin air no it doesn't vanish it goes uh goes to the people who bought the stocks which mostly is retail investors which is is great and i think it's also worth noting that melvin capital in particular shorted a hundred and forty percent of GameStop shares. So they borrowed more shares than it exists, it sounds like. I I could be wrong. I'm not a financial expert or anything like that, but it sounds to me that that's what that means is how do you borrow more shares than exist? This they they wanted bank GameStop to go bankrupt. And that's Yeah, actually they were betting that they would essentially fall to zero or close to it and uh, essentially, that would they'd be getting money out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's one thing if a business just like slowly falters to bankruptcy just by not adapting, innovating with the times. I honestly, I think GameStop is going that path anyway. I think everybody thought that, but then it, it's not fair when you can borrow more of a company's stock than exists, and then. You do that to bankrupt a company in days, and I'm sure this will become even more prevalent as uh, as COVID hits. Because I mean, that's uh, GameStop was already in decline, but that then COVID hit and it became even worse because obviously everything's shutting down, and they just like a lot of businesses are being impacted pretty heavily. Um, and so you have these these large corporations and hedge funds that are kind of pouncing on the opportunity to. Uh, make money off of these businesses demise yeah and along with that had the whole robin hood fiasco where robin hood and a bunch of other online uh stock e-stock brokers restricted trades of game stock shares and a bunch of other short squeezed shares meanwhile the hedge funds could still trade them and no one even really knows if that's legal, it seems like. But they did it anyways. And they won't even give a clear reason why, other than just condescending, we're doing this for you, we know best. Yeah, and a big a big controversy was also that they wouldn't allow you to buy it, but a lot of them were uh, would only let you sell, like Robinhood would only let you sell. And in fact, in the case of Robinhood, there, were, there have been at least a dozen people that have uh, come out, and I think at least six people that have shared screenshots of emails showing that not only was Robinhood only allowing them to sell the stocks, but that they were forcing them to sell the stocks, essentially 
um, selling Robinhood was selling the stocks that these people had uh, against their will, and you know Robinhood has said it's for their protection, but haven't really elaborated past that, as far as I know. Yeah, it's. I think everybody knows. A lot of people are saying it's Robinhood is doing that because first Robinhood plans to go public, and that's who they want buying their stock to get the price up is the hedge funds, and then also because hedge funds are Robinhood's real customers, kind of like advertising agencies are Facebook's real customers. It's uh, when you use Robinhood, you are not the customer; you are the product. They take information about what stocks you buy and your financial transactions on Robinhood in general, and they sell that to hedge funds, and then that's how they make their market moves. Yeah. So, I I kind of wanted to talk about um, how we've been doing as far as the the stock and securities markets, because we've, uh, it seems like our group of friends has been a lot more into investing lately. Yeah, I don't have any um, any stocks or, or I haven't bought into anything at all yet, but I've, I've, I've considered, actually I was kind of considering before these even popped up just because I've always found marketing or, you know, the market and all that interesting, but I, I don't know that I could get into it as like a long-term or thing or a, a hobby or oh, yeah. I'm trying to, whether it's a hobby or just trying to actually make money. I don't know if I could get into it long-term. Yeah. Very, very dangerous as we know. I bought some BlackBerry and uh, uh, basically lost 70 US overnight. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sell because obviously this is not going to work. I got in too late. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've got about 2,000 US in various stocks, but they're long term. And if you're going to invest, it's just best to do long term. Day trading is really difficult. Yeah, that's. I don't think I could ever be a f- actual full day trader. I think that's the long term is my main goal. And I mean, I made, I, I've I've made money off uh, like cryptocurrencies day trading. Like you can do that, but on stocks, it's way more difficult. Cryptocurrencies is the wild west when it comes to their their markets. It's like there, there's pretty much no regulation. <laughs> And so you have incidents like uh, uh, Mount Gox. I don't know if you guys remember the Mount Gox fiasco. Yeah. I don't um, remember exactly what happened, but I do remember seeing a lot of it in the news. Yeah, basically, it's, it was the biggest Bitcoin exchange. I think it was a cryptocurrency exchange in general, but it was mainly Bitcoin. This was back in the early 2010s. I don't remember exactly what year, but they held the most Bitcoins out of anybody else at the time, I'm pretty sure. And they just vanished overnight. Just gone, along with all their Bitcoins. Yeah, that I know. Fucking weird. I, you know, I used to actually do um, Dogecoin mining, which is actually one that's um, apparently skyrocketing right now. But this was like in probably, t- it was, I don't know, probably at least eight years ago. So this was like a long time ago. I was mining on like my R9270X GPU. Um, so, I mean, if that dates it at all. But I had mined like overnight and I, I made about over a couple of days, I made about $5 worth of real money. So it wasn't that much because, you know, Dogecoin at the time wasn't a very strong cryptocurrency. It was just kind of something I was doing to like figure out how it all worked. Uh, but then the um, 
wallet service I used was actually uh, compromised, and uh, and they were they essentially took all the funds that uh, that that site had, uh, you know, their wow. members had in mind. So I mean, I for me it wasn't a big loss. I'm sure for a lot of people there was probably some significant loss there. I lost yeah. like what five dollars, so I didn't. I wasn't like a big thing for me. The the biggest thing for me was I bought there was this platform. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I bought some Bitcoin and some other stuff. And over like the course of a week day trading, I went from like two hundred US dollars to making like three hundred US dollars, uh, just like in a week. But then got real cocky and I lost like all of it except for my initial buy-in plus like fifty dollars. Um, but like Kyle says, like he mined all that like years ago. Um, I mean, if there's any new c- cryptocurrencies, I wouldn't. I'd say it's probably even worth just buying like fifty dollars worth at its like super low value, and then waiting for it to skyrocket. See if that ever happens. I mean, you don't really have much to lose. Yeah, when I got into it, um, I think this that was before uh, it was taxed because I know when it when it, the IRS started um, adding that as a, as a taxable income, that was a big. A big thing for for some people. Yeah, as far as my investments, I'm trying to invest. <laughs> Running into some obstacles. Know Kyle knows all about it. But we're trying to. I'm not definitely not going with Robinhood for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Which that was the platform to go on before. What's funny was I was about to make a Robinhood account before all this happened, but I was like, I, I don't know. There's 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 something a little off about them. And I guess I was right. Yeah, there's I Robinhood was probably the one that people like even before any of this GameStop stuff happened, like for the last two years or so, people were telling me that I should get Robinhood mainly so that I you know, I'd use the referral stuff and I guess they got something out of it. But um that was definitely the app that everyone was telling me I should go with if I if I got into it. And I hadn't never I hadn't made an account. Um, of course, just like a lot of people I was considering it when this stuff started happening, but yeah, then we found out a little bit more about him. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about uh, cryptocurrency too. It's uh it's it's it is the wild west. You have to be very careful, but if you get really lucky mainly, could make some decent not amazing but decent gains. I think the days of like uh would Bitcoin has for a surge where it just skyrockets. Oh, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see a cryptocurrency do anything like that for a very long time, if ever. Yeah, of course that made me want to I'm always kicking myself that I didn't get into Bitcoin back when I was looking at Dogecoin, but you know, can't do anything about it now. Uh I actually was trying to invest in Bitcoin and then I chickened out and then the second boom happened and <laughs> I didn't gain anything. Got you a dollar. Got me a dollar? No, that's from the Geico commercial. <laughs> Got you a dollar. Yeah, I remember that. That's great. Yeah, the only cryptocurrencies I've ever invested in are Dogecoin, and I think I did a little bit of Ethereum a couple years ago, but I, I didn't stay with that for too long. I lost on it. I think this is not official financial advice at all. I'm not a financial advisor or anything, but I think maybe Monero might be experiencing an underground surge because Monero is the official currency. Not official, but 
quasi-official currency of the Darknet. And the biggest Darknet market just got shut down fairly recently. But there's always another one that pops up at some point. There's always a big one. And I think once the next big Darknet market pops up, whenever that is, it'll it'll uh, start to go back up. Because it experienced a crash recently, Monero. So that's are, a are you talking about? Are you talking about Empire Market? No, Empire is that was shut down a little while ago. There's uh, Empire wasn't actually shut down. It was it was an exit scam. It turned out where what, what is exit scam? The the owners just took everybody's cryptocurrency that they held in escrow and ran. Oh shit, bro. Yeah, no, that's I forgot what is. Yeah, it was, it was some really big market after Empire. It was the next big one after Empire. It got raided by European police. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know the I don't know the darknet market lore. Yeah, me neither. I'm not a darknet market trader, but I mean it does have an effect on our economy, I imagine, with the, the cryptocurrency. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, it's been lucrative, lucrative enough for the uh, IRS to to tax it. So. <laughs> oh, the IR, the IRS tax cryptocurrency now. Yeah, it's been like that for a couple of years. Like, it, for if you use like TurboTax or anything, one of the questions it asks is, "Have you traded uh, cryptocurrency?" Oh yeah, I, that's funny. I just did my taxes today, and I saw that question. I, was, I, I actually haven't tripped, traded yeah, any. That's- I think it was a couple. I don't remember how many years ago, but at least a, a couple. Um, yeah, for the last couple of years, I've done my taxes. So it'll ask me if I've done cryptocurrency. No, I'm not saying commit tax fraud. No, I'm not saying <laughs> that at all. But what's to stop you from just saying no? I mean, you could say no, but if they wanted to audit you, yeah, I mean, there are uh, ways to track down where Bitcoin is gone. Yeah, a lot of the exchanges or, or platforms to exchange like Coinbase, um, they now ask for like your social security to verify your identity because of uh, the taxation on it. So presumably if the IRS goes uh, to them, they can give a report of, yeah. of who has made money off of it. Yeah, Bitcoin is not truly anonymous. Like there's no personal identification attached to transac- transactions or addresses or anything, but it's... The whole point of Bitcoin is all transactions are public domain information. So, yeah, essentially you have your wallets, and while they themselves don't have information tied to you, the platforms that transfer stuff to those wallets could, you know, know who they're giving money to and have data there. Yeah. So, should I invest in GameStop stock? At this point, I would say. I don't even know if you could at this point. I know Robinhood is allowing you to trade one ace. Yeah, they've limited stock of GameStop. I think stock. it's pretty risky. Yeah, at this point, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching. I'm not looking to get into it right now. Yeah, this, I mean, at this point, I don't think you should buy anymore. Because I, mean, I think even if I got into it, the returns would be wouldn't be small enough to be worth the risk. Or yeah, they wouldn't be big enough to be worth the risk. Oh yeah, at this point, you're not getting returns on GameStop stock if you buy it now, but. If you, if you have GameStop stock already, hold on to it, please. Please hold on to it until these guys have to close their positions because 
Once the, the hedge funds have to uh, buy the stock back, it is going to, that's when the real surge is going to happen. So what, so um, what if I bought stock and then waited for that surge? Well, you don't know if it's going to come is the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. <laughs> we don't actually know because what, what the hedge funds are trying to do throwing all the weight they can and all the money they can at this. They're trying to get people to sell uh, their their stocks beforehand. Yeah, they're essentially trying to make it seem like it's not worth it and that people should just sell off and get their money now. Um, that way they can, you know, price will fall and they can uh, reduce their losses. Yeah. Although I did see, I think it was today or yesterday, that the SEC announced that they would be, after all the complaints about Robinhood, they would be investigating. Um, they didn't really say what they were going to be investigating other than um, uh, potential issues with with all the events that have been going on. Now, the thing is that people don't know if that means they're going to hold Robinhood accountable, or if that means that they're really just trying to pr protect uh, all these people on Wall Street. So I guess that kind of remains to be seen. I am cynical enough about Washington bureaucrats to think they're going to side with the, the hedge funds, especially the SEC. I, I don't know too much about with, their with, background. But. With all the money in politics, I would say there's a pretty good chance that a lot of these politicians uh, have some interests in these hedge funds and have reasons to reduce their losses. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, it's... Uh, it, they have enough money and power to where they, I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC is kind of, was made by the hedge funds, essentially. Not made by them, but, you know, the officials in there appointed by yeah, them. Yeah, comprised of them. by them in some way. Yeah, that is yeah, the that's... stock market. It is, it's wild that uh, that's, that's the big topic now. It seems like before this, everybody just kind of had a, uh, a mindset like oh the stock market's just like I put my retirement savings in there but other than that it's day trading and options all that stuff that's just for for the rich guys and then, I know many, many years ago Apple was uh, about to uh, was about to go bankrupt practically because they were down to like five cents a share at one point now they're like hundreds of dollars per share yeah, that would have been great to invest in at that time. Yeah, it would have. Five, five, five cents a share, and it, and this was still in like the time period where like not everyone had a computer, um, so people were still pretty cynical as to whether or not they would actually pull out of it. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then eventually Apple's uh, mostly mobile product releases, like the iPhone and stuff, uh, kind of helped rebound them. Stonks, stonks. Man, it's Big Daddy. Big Daddy Elon. He's going to take us to Mars. He is. Yeah, he's been uh, pretty interesting throughout this. He, he seems like he hasn't really taken too much. Of, well, it seems like he's sided with the retail investors like most other people, but kind of seems like he's just sitting back and enjoying the shit show. Yeah, he seems like a very chaotic person. Yeah, he has a kid with Grimes named... Uh, X A E A twelve or whatever. X Ash A twelve, I think that's how you pronounce it. No, I don't know. I I, I <laughs> the yeah, this kid his kid's name is so fucking bizarre. So we talked enough about stonks 
I think. I don't know if there's really much more to talk about there. It's everyone else has talked a lot about it. But Yeah. yeah. Now they should get Blockbuster uh boosted up there. Oh yeah. Except I think they got I think they stopped trading on the New York Stock Exchange but Yeah, they did. early two yeah. Early two thousand tens or something. Yeah, I don't even know if you can buy Blockbuster yeah, stuff. I think now it's just held by some like liquidation company, anything that's left of it. I don't know if Blockbuster is like a official corporate entity exists anymore. I know uh, the last Blockbuster in America is in here in Bend, Oregon. So here, yeah, but like, they're, they're not. Exactly. They're not. Yeah, they're not owned by Blockbuster though. It was a private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think you can. It's it was funny because I. I I think I uh, read an article was joking about Blockbuster stock also being <laughs> short squeezed. I thought it was serious. I was like, "Oh wait." Yeah, I saw the <laughs> meme where, where it's supposed to look like the official Blockbuster account saying, "Do your thing, Reddit." Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I wish, man. Last Blockbuster, I've actually been there to the the last Blockbuster. Oh yeah, I know you can still you can still get um. Netflix to deliver DVDs through the mail. You just have to go to your account and start it there. Oh wow! You know that. I, don't know I was I was looking at my account settings the other day and I saw that. So we used to do that many years ago. Yeah, that's Bend is an interesting place. It's very fitting that they have the last blockbuster in America. <laughs> so really? It's not. It's not like uh, it's a little different from Portland. It's, Portland's known for. Well, lately they're known for protests, but I mean they're mainly known for being the "quote unquote" weird city. You know, that's what Portland's mm-hmm. been known for, like Portlandia, that type of stuff. But Ben's it's a outdoors resort type city that's also got a little bit of Portland influence. But I I like Central Oregon, very nice place. You should come visit, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm keen to come visit. Uh, we just need to get those borders. <laughs> he's like, I'm. He's like, I'd love to come visit, but you know, it's not New Zealand. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. if you if you surrender and like you know become if you let us annex you, annex the United States. Yeah, I wonder what other countries would think if if they just saw New Zealand annexes the entire United States. It's just New Zealand. Who's laughing now, Australia? <laughs> yeah, for real. I've already got a continent. We need one. We've got got to have places to fuck our sheep. Oh wait, that's the Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is New Zealand's just like New Zealand stereotypes? When I think about that, I just. Uh about kiwis <laughs> and also like the birds. Lord of the rings and uh what else no snakes no, he thinks of the fruit yeah the birds and the fruit wait no yeah the fruit is grown in new zealand too right yeah but the chinese are quite uh aggressively growing it too and stealing all of our trade <laughs> unfortunately Wait, for, really? Yeah, the, it's uh, apparent. I mean, I think that the fruit was originally like uh, cultivated in China. I'm not sure, but I just know that like there's a lot of kiwi fruit growing going on in China, and it's competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I mean, our biggest industry is like dairy and like meat. And uh, like we've got like uh, some big IT companies, you know, like Xero, uh, like the accounting company or platform. That's um, that's out. That's like a New Zealand company. And then you've got a whole bunch of other tech companies running here. Maybe Valve eventually. Yeah, maybe Valve. Valve is uh, potentially signaling to move its headquarters and everything over yeah. to New Zealand. They're, they're in they're in Washington right now, Oregon's top hat. I didn't realize, um, <laughs> I know I was a tad bit late to the podcast, but I didn't realize I'd join in at competitive Kiwi growing. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the, the podcast. It's the new Olympic sport. <laughs> yeah, you were... I'm down for this. I've, I've been in. <laughs> he dicks. He dicks. All right, we're in week four of the round. this first round of the... Uh, kiwi growing yeah no this is an idaho based podcast so we're gonna potato growing competitions followed by sugar oh, yeah. beet growing competitions <laughs> yeah that, that, that's the uh, nampa olympics the nampa olympics yeah sure <laughs> sugar <laughs> beet whatever you're paying that shout caster it's not enough <laughs> oh and he's watering it and he's watering it real aggressive like oh oh, oh well, let's go over here now it's like, I don't even know. What and here comes Cletus with the combine, and he's coming up close. Oh, and he runs out of gas on acre two. Oh, look at that spud grow. Man, man, you've seen it here first, folks. <laughs> Beautiful golden russet, folks. You can't get them anywhere else like this. They'll, they'll build a, a stadium some, somewhere different in Idaho every year, or every four years for the, for the Idaho Olympics, just like they do around the world for the real Olympics. I know uh, Idaho hosted the Special Olympics a couple times. Their claim to fame. You remember <laughs> that uh, that one scandal where there was that one person that was in the Paralympics, but it wasn't. Uh, they so... weren't. They weren't paralyzed, really. Is, Not I... paralyzed, but uh, they didn't have an, any disability to them. They just kind of joined I think that was and the... started just stomping everyone in all the sports yeah i think that was the the, the spanish paralympics team <laughs> hey you know you gotta but take also... victories where you can get them i guess well anyways we just had connor hop on in here you, you vocalized a bit earlier hello connor what's going on what's up man it's you two missed the uh the stonks talk Oh shit! Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, Kate and I have been talking a lot about stocks, or well, we've all been talking a lot about stocks in general. The GameStop stuff in the the chat. I don't know if you're in the chat though, Connor. I'm curious what your your take on all of that is and what you know. Uh, I'm not much into stocks personally, but I've heard about it and have had it explained to me a couple of times. But overall, it seems like a kind of a a good thing, though. I'm sure they'll get bailed out and. It's kind of fucked to like Robin Hood was preventing you from buying more of the stocks and uh, everything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of visible that uh, you aren't really allowed to win. Yeah, there's some conflicting interests here. Really? Well, not, not, not like in this channel. I'm just saying like in the whole situation, like between yeah. the, these trading apps and, and the uh, smaller, you know, non-rich traders. Big guy versus small guy. Yeah. I just hope that the CEO of Robinhood goes to jail, and I will watch the video of that the big dude on CNN breaking down in tears because potato and asshole sixty nine 
you know, used <laughs> that dude's same tactic against him. I, him being brought to tears brings me to tears just out of happiness. Tears of joy. I, I love that video. This is great. But yeah, Big I, man cry. Connor mentioned them being bailed out. I wonder if uh, that may, if, if, if they do end up having to buy back these stocks at exorbitantly, exorbitantly high prices. I wonder if they'll have to go bankrupt and then we will have a bit too big to fail round two like we did in 2008. Worked out well last time. Yeah. <laughs> My opinion on too big to fail is if a bank or investment bank or whatever financial, fan, I can't talk, financial institution is too big to fail, then it's too big in general. And it should be broken up. Generally, I dislike um, large concentrations of power or money just in general. Because that's, that's the point to where other people can influence their will on you or someone else. And that's where you get a lot of suffering and shit from. Yeah, you get people who are above the law and everything. Yeah. Like I'm all for a free market, but no one person should have <laughs> you look at Jeff Bezos. You look at all the uh, the visualizations of his money. Yeah, no like the one fucking person shouldn't type. have that much yeah. access. Like keep yeah. it rolled. He's uh, just like, a yeah. dude who started a company out of his basement. He should not have that much money. <laughs> I like the, the rice grain analogy for that, where the guy had like rice grains and like one grain is ten thousand dollars and yeah, like that he... one... You know your system is good when the amount of money a person has is literally out of human comprehension. You need fucking physical yeah. objects to show someone how much they have. Yeah. yeah. It's, it shouldn't be legal. But it's... I, I mean, the other issue is, is like you have... When somebody gets that big, it, it's like it can only be done one time unless that, that huge company goes under somehow. I mean, because at that point they have so many, so many resources that they can suppress anyone trying to get to where they are. Dude, if there was a video that came out tomorrow of Jeff Bezos doing some very questionable things, just with that, that would land any normal Joe in prison for the rest of his life. I guarantee nothing would happen. Yeah, he'd people would be like, "Oh man, I'm not going to use Amazon anymore," and he'd be like. Oh, that sucks. Guess I'm gonna go retire on my yacht. <laughs> the fucker, he's directly tied to the re-election of some of the people that would be involved in the decisions, just because he supports lobbying and like pays congressmen or senators and et cetera, et cetera. It's too fucked. Like he literally, he's one capitalism. <laughs> you know what's funny? We're talking about Amazon. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I was just ad libbing for Connor. <laughs> As I say, we're, it's funny we're talking about Amazon. I just read an article yesterday. Uh, it was an opinion piece from, I think it was Bloomberg, about how Amazon can make a bunch of different really successful companies and can make their own products, but the one thing they can't do is make a good video game. Have you guys heard about Amazon's gaming division? They're making like an MMO or something, aren't they? I don't know about an MMO, maybe. I've I've heard limited things about it, but yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> the issue is you also, for a, a video game, you actually need genuine creativity and like people that are interested in it. And 
I mean, if I'd feel like a lot of the people that are really invested, of course, everyone has their price, but the people that are like already in the industry that are really uh, invested in it, which you kind of need for something like that, um, probably have some loyalty to the companies they're at, assuming they're happy. Um, so, I mean, that's obviously an obstacle for them, for Amazon getting into it. Yeah, it's their their gaming division was apparently directed from Bezos himself as he, he thinks video games are the next big thing, which it's not too controversial. It's just the he way he's late, honestly. On that. Yeah. yeah, he's late on that. Yeah, he's late, but I mean, right. But it's the way he's going about it. He thinks it can be done just like any other commodity. He like he, he doesn't look at video games. He and the other Amazon executives that he hired to run the the, the division. I'm trying to look for the article I found because it had a bunch of just like what the fuck are these guys doing? So it started with them buying Twitch, which actually turned out to be their most successful thing as far as video games. But as far as management, it's I mean look at Twitch today. It's run terribly <laughs> just random bans for no reason things like that but that's, that's yeah that's been talked about at length that's the rest of amazon gaming's so their executive has no idea how video games work like he just doesn't understand video games and one example they gave is in board meetings they would present him gameplay demos and also like you know pre-rendered like movies for like trailers you know like not actual in-engine footage mm-hmm. he couldn't tell the difference and he couldn't comprehend why something that was pre-rendered in like a movie software couldn't be done in a video game like exactly how it shows he couldn't comprehend that it makes you wonder how these people got in these positions in the first place. He must have had been higher up somewhere else. It's like he did well here. He'll do managing this, do well managing this department, but it doesn't transfer over because they don't understand the what it takes to actually do it. I guarantee they snagged him from the IGN journalist like game department. <laughs> Fucking journal in there. Well, I'm sure one one thing is going to be they're going to look at all of you know everything from like a business and money perspective and of course they can uh put as much money in as they want into something but you one thing they're probably not going to think about as much is the fact that the customer is already loyal to existing brands so like if they if something comes out from uh some developer that they know and trust and love love their games uh and then amazon puts out a game Chances are they're going to they're be more hopeful about the company they've already know, come to know and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, this is the exact thing that is absolutely killing me about video games. And it's straight up like watching your kid die of cancer just slowly every day, year by year. You don't know when it's just going to just be done with. But it, watching corporations and companies merge with video games. Video games, I have always looked at as a piece of art. They should be treated as a piece of art. And as soon as you start making them, not for yourself, but for a demographic to make money, that's when that's when they go under. And I've seen this mm-hmm. kind of just over the years, 
just change and mutate and evolve into like what it is today where you got EA, you got Amazon, you got KFC. It's funny, but honestly, shit like this pisses me off. KFC thinking they could just hop in and make a console all of a sudden that just heats up your chicken. Well, the one thing that bothers me about that is that's going to overheat your console like a motherfucker. How is that a good idea? I digress, though. Yeah. No, no, no. The point being is like when when you make a video game that should be looked at from point A to point B, from the time you pick up your controller to the time you put it down, it should be having fun, not closing out twenty tabs. I want you to buy something, you know, not having to get past this fucking paywall to pay play something. It's stuff like that that kills me. Yeah, it's similar to how microtransactions have just kind of surged in recent years in, in games, and that's become like where all the money is coming from. It's not from the base sale of the game. It's from all the microtransactions people buy or are forced to buy within the game. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, with the, the Amazon gaming specifically, I found the article I was talking about, and it gets much worse than you just couldn't comprehend trailers and video games. So... Probably the worst. Oh, it, uh, I think, Kyle, you mentioned how it doesn't really matter how much money they throw at it. It's It doesn't make a good video game. It's not yeah. just that. They also hired a bunch of industry legends, like uh, um, one of the, the creators of Portal, one of the creators of EverQuest, and a bunch of different, like, relatively well-known well-experienced developers and things like that. And basically all but one of them have left since then because they just couldn't handle Amazon's culture because uh, Amazon handles or values the company, like adhering to the company's mantra, you know, lingo, things like that over everything yeah. else. Well, I, and I mean, yeah, the whole culture on Amazon is... is... Uh, I mean, you see stories about how even at the corporate level with like the office workers and stuff, um, you know, they're pushed just as hard in a lot of cases, the, uh, the people in the warehouses. I mean, I know when I, so when I worked in Amazon for a few weeks, I, I quit after a few weeks, um, the orientation and training room literally had framed Jeff Bezos quotes <laughs> all on the wall. Like the, the room had different quotes from Jeff Bezos. And then the warehouse itself, like out on the floor, on the huge walls, it just had the, they have like these um, ideals about the customer that they, that they uh, strive to, to follow. And like, they really do to the point of where it's just like, it's like a big monolithic machine. They will adhere to efficiency and the customer and getting, like when you, when you order something on Amazon and it says, uh, it'll arrive by this date. They will push their workers and systems as hard as they can to make sure that that's happen that that happens. I mean, it's to the point where like they want so much efficiency that they will just. That's why their turnover rate is so high. They'll they'll fire their employees and thinking that well, if we just keep looking at the the data on them and if they're not performing to our standards and we just fire them, eventually we'll find one, you know, and eventually get this workforce that's super efficient. It's it's just like this big massive machine, and that's honestly like one of the reasons I left. Of course, also like I was in physical pain every night from like the pace of working there. Because again, you have to make rate, 
and they would oh. sit there and post your numbers on a big board that That's you could fun. check during your breaks. So you have to meet these numbers. If it falls below the uh, target, I think like three times in a row, that's when they start looking at termination. Such a toxic work culture. Oh, yeah, and so the problem is they, they apply that to every aspect of their company. So that's why it's like this whole game development thing. You're going to... Creative people often don't think like this. So you're going to... Even if you throw money at people, they're probably going to leave if you're sitting there working them to death. And I don't think that they fully grasp that. Exactly. And it's not a recipe that leads to any even mediocre games and it's it leads to a situation where you have these people making games that it's they're so detached from reality here's a perfect example the amazon's game division one of their big projects is this game called new world uh, which is a game that takes place in the amazon or no sorry no not in the amazon by amazon but it's what were you gonna say? wow <laughs> it's it, not that creative no it's <laughs> But it is, it's a game where you basically colonize the new world and your enemy is these natives who bear a very striking resemblance to Native Americans. Like, it, it's very oh. close to repeating actual yeah. history of Europeans just straight up murdering all these Native Kill Americans. And, like... All the developers were like, okay, hold on, wait a second, this is insanely offensive. And all the executives were like, wait, no, no, it's not offensive, no way. And like, they're so ev- fucking detached from reality, dude. Yeah. And so everyone at the bottom kept protesting, like, no, there is no way I am working on this. This is so ethically wrong. <laughs> and so they were like, like, fine, we'll hire a tribal consultant. And the tribal consultant came in and immediately was like, oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. They're even wearing colonial hats. Like, there's no hiding it, dude. Like, <laughs> nah, bro, it's all right. Yeah. This game is just over the top. And that was all well, the automatons working at Amazon said it was okay, bro. It's right. We'll, we'll just pay people to ignore that part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically the only, like, original idea, relatively original idea game that they've announced so far. All the other Columbus Simulator yeah. 2021. <laughs> All the other games they've announced so far has literally just been uh I, I guess the, the head of their game studios, which is John Frazzini is his name. He again, having no understanding of video games, thinks the thing to do to make money is to just copy the latest trend as quick as you can so their other games was uh they they tried to make a Fortnite clone like nobody cared nobody played it so they took it offline within months uh they tried to make an overwatch clone and i think they took that one offline within weeks jesus christ i think that's the only Uh, games they've announced so far but it's stuff like that i was gonna say the best you're ever gonna see with video games nowadays is indie games. Yeah, it's where the real market is. It's because it's it's a couple people with no real financial yeah. incentive and doing so what they want to do. I I don't know if I said something about that on, on a previous podcast, but that that that's my whole thing is like if you want just really the juicy fucking game, indie games. All right, because as soon as you go to AAA, you got that the the company aspect that I was talking about. You got they're going for a demographic, 
they're going to copy the latest, you know, the latest trend. They're going to go for a battle royale. Hell, even games that didn't start out as AAA add a battle royale mode. Because they're still making money. Stuff like that. No, but indie games, that's when you got like someone just like just like you or me that's sitting there and they're like, oh, I got a good idea. I got an idea so good. I got to make it so shitty real quick just so I can get it down, just so it's a thing, just so I can get it out there. That yeah. that's the, those good ideas are the ones that'll stick, you know. That's why like most of the games that like are really old, and that you you're just still playing today, like Castle Crashers, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never gonna find a game like Castle Crashers coming from a AAA studio. Yeah, Hotline I- Miami. You know all these all these different games. It's because someone had a good idea that was brought to life. Yeah. You could like fucking Rimworld, Kenshi, Hollow Knight, Don't Starve, fucking Foxhole, Hades. You can list a thousand of them. They're all just, there's actual soul and creativity in them. Where if you look at the corporate shit, it's like, this is a very visually impressive, but bland game. Yeah, I mean, the only chance that I could see Amazon getting somewhat successful at this, and I and I hope this doesn't happen, but I, I think it's the only way that they could, is if they acquired studios, but then just didn't touch them. No, that's not going to happen because they want the maximum efficiency. So they'll change whatever they think they have to to squeeze more money out of it. And that's when they'll ruin it. But that's like the only way they could even get into the gaming field is by looking at who's successful. And again, I hope that doesn't happen, but they'd have to like acquire it and just not touch it, which isn't going to, they're not going to do. Is <laughs> Minecraft? Then what Sorry. even is the point of acquiring the studio in the first place, just to make yeah. money? I mean, they they make money off of it, but they wouldn't make as much as they wouldn't make the maximum efficient. What they would see is like maximum efficiency, so they would try to squeeze it more and more. It's an investment, so it's basically like um, a lot of the times what people see is like, oh, I see this company is failing. I can buy it. Like I got an idea. I'm gonna buy this company and then do it with my way, and then bring it back up from under the ground. Um, another thing, uh, with what happened with, uh, uh, Johnson controls, the, the battery place, um, they're going through a hard time. And then, um, this, uh, this big time investor came through and he's like, Hey, I got money. Let's, let's make things work. And then bought it out, changed the name. And now it's Clarios. Stuff like that just kind of happens. Um, I was going to ask, is Minecraft still considered indie? No, it's probably Microsoft, isn't it? <laughs> Nowadays, definitely not. But what's funny is I was, I was just thinking about that, too, when we brought up indie games. I was like, there's some games like that, like Minecraft, that uh, they start out as indie games, and then just because it's because they had that indie game soul and, like, passion from one right. person, like, with Minecraft, it was Notch, that it became so wildly successful. That's that's the future of gaming right there. Nikita, the indie, please. Dev, indie devs are the future. <laughs> Nikita, please. <laughs> and yeah. just, just another thing do not pirate indie games it's as oh. much as you don't you fucking want to just don't just support the creators please because yeah. that because if you support the what was it you have the money and the company doesn't it's, suck yeah i said it's the worst thing you could do honestly yeah because they deserve the money more than fucking like Rockstar or fucking Bethesda or EA or fucking anything like that. They got it. They got the money. They, they you know, yeah. they don't got to worry about it. I do want to point out there are some situations where some indie devs do give the okay to pirate their games. And it's like if 
um, a certain country like bans their game or something like that, or some marketplace. What game did that? I, I know what you're talking about. That, uh... I've all, I've also seen people do that if they're like if they have disagreements with their publisher or the people that own them or are publishing their game and they don't get enough money from it. They're like, "Fuck them! I don't care anymore." Same thing with like uh, textbooks. If I've heard about like, that prof- too, yeah. Yeah, if like a professor writes a textbook and he's like, "Well, they're not giving me any money, or they're paying, or they're asking too much money," just fucking pirate it, and it, and, and here's a direct link to pirate it. Yeah, I think some publishers have done that. Um... For a game, for when they see their games getting listed on G two A, a lot of them just yeah. hired it instead of buying it from there. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing. Do not buy indie games oh, yeah. from G two A. Only if, it, if it's between you pirating something and buying off G two A, pirate it. Just because uh, sometimes the devs get charged back from the uh, purchase yeah. on G two A because it's stolen credit cards. People are sometimes yeah. using it to buy it from. I'm curious about the monetization, about approving pirating. No, but we were talking about actual pirating. Like, grab a sword, lose a leg, get a little <laughs> smash, <laughs> hacking and slash, swinging from rope, yeah, that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, one of the. I'm an indie game connoisseur. I love them, dude. I that's all I play anymore. Yeah. That was the most recent AAA game I played. I think it was Cyberpunk and then Death Stranding before that. I've, but, have you played a lot of Death Stranding? Because I can't, I can't like get through it. <laughs> I beat the game. I liked it a lot. Did you not like it? I mean, maybe because I was playing other games at the time. Like, it's like Daisy, but on like a massive peyote trip. It, it's it's you wacky. With you. <laughs> it's it's fucking wacky. Like if you ever played any of the Metal Gear Solid games, I haven't. But um, I know several people who played it. I talked to them about it. It's just Kojima's unique style of fucking wacky shit. Like there's a mandatory fight in the main storyline that's a street fighter battle with health parts where you like yes i'm dead fucking serious you fight um i don't want to spoil the character's name but uh dude you i already looked up like what the whole like story is so that doesn't bother me this is a pig or whatever sponsorship of monster there's literally dude, there's like fucking it's literally just a pile of shit kojima liked like it's like his playlist from spotify is a soundtrack it's not bad music but uh fucking norman Reedus, the main well the main character was a uh, model loft after he has a show on amc called riot ride with norman Reedus, and there's a bike that's a direct reference to it and when you get on it drive around it's like i feel like ride with norman Reedus is happening right now and they'll say other shit like that with like almost ads in the game for crap what the fuck perfect way to describe the game is actually pretty solid though it has a bunch of um unique ways you can interact with shit just with uh like I don't know, it's kind of sandboxy, I guess. Like, you can, like, put down ladders across crevices and, like, drive bikes across them and, like, use the weapons in certain ways and other shit. Yeah, I've I've played Metal Gear Solid 4 and I've played 5 and I've played a little bit of uh, the one where he's in the jungle. I can't remember that one. 3? Yeah, I think it's 3. So I've played yeah, three. 3, 4, and 5. And, uh, like, the controls are pretty similar. It's just It's just fucking Metal Gear without, like, guns. Dude. There's guns. There's guns. The, uh, yeah, but it's not. It's not the same amount in my eyes. You're not. You're not shooting Russians. You're shooting. Yeah. Floating it's, black it's things. A lot more slow paced for well, sure. We do get to fight human beings later on, but it is slower paced. The uh, Mads Mikkelsen fight, the boss fight, the army dude. I'm pretty sure the player model they use the action movie dude. It's not Dolph Lundgren. It's the other dude. 
Euro dude. He's in Expendables, I think. Huh? Uh, no, that boss fight was crazy. Dude, he's like this phantom, like sergeant, like in the military. Oh, the, the war zone flashbacks. The, yeah, dude, that is wild. Like That's I don't. Cool, man. I I I played Metal Gear. Okay, I know. I, I respect the hell out of Kojima, but I want what he's smoking, man. <laughs> they don't have any kind of drugs in Japan. So he's like, <laughs> he's got something stashed up there. I know it. He's <laughs> just. He just gets tattooed and and like gets off the rush that tattooing is like weird in Japan. He's got an, an underground chemist making new drugs for him. <laughs> Honestly, dude, that shit's so tripped out. What's a what's an indie game you guys would all recommend? A what? Rim World. Rim World. Risk of Rain Two. Oh yeah, Risk, Risk of Rain Two is great as well. Game. So the, the, what I love about Risk of Rain Two is that so I I used to play the first one first one is super fucking hard it's the same premise all right it's a 2d side scroller uh or 2d like yeah side scroller platformer but then i found out that the second one came out and i was like oh hey that's cool i didn't hear about this blah 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 let me get it and then i find out that it's third person it's basically the the, mm-hmm. the first game but in third person form and just that that was the funniest thing and it it was the best idea they could have they could have made with that game I uh, I've played both of them. I never beat the first one. I lost interest in it quickly, but it's not a bad game. It's yeah, because it's really so hard, it. dude. It's so fucking hard. Yeah, but uh, Risk of Rain Two. I uh, I played the fuck out of the game. I've beaten it several times. Uh, I played it as patches came out. I modded it. Played it a shit ton. It's great. You get like thirty. What is it? Thirty-two people playing at the same time with mods. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck that shit. Sure, it gets ten frames a second. At that yeah, before point. your your computer just blows up. It's yeah. fun if you play RimWorld with like three other people, and you're gonna have your own people like uh, managing your own things. Like you have one person doing raids, one person taking care of something else. Oh yeah, the multiplayer mod. My uh, only experience. I, I I've tried that before. It was fucking. It was kind of fucked. Like it wasn't bad, but uh. We just ended up dicking around. I eventually just started sabotaging it. Like, um, we had a guy named Roman who was a colonist of one of ours, and he like had a mental break and like dug up another one of our colonists that was killed by a turkey and like threw him on the fucking kitchen table. And he's like, "All right, I'm good. Tantrum over." Went back to his normal fucking business. So eventually, I started kind of like sabotaging it and building a shit ton of tables in the bottom right hand corner of the map so the uh pawns would just walk down over there and try and build shit and like take away from what my other two friends were doing that's what the fuck one thing i i didn't like about rimworld what, what you you can get mods for and i did they would get like upset for wearing like dead people clothing it's like oh yeah that's things like that i was like okay look if i'm in a survival situation and my homie died i'm gonna wear his clothes i don't give a fuck i'm gonna be a little sad but not so sad it makes me fucking dig up someone's body killed by a turkey and put it on a table type sad <laughs> eight without a table minus 20 happiness yeah that shit was fucking ridiculous it's it, there'd be i also fixed that where they would they they wouldn't get sad about that because there'd be the fucking like six tables for him right and they're like man I'm feeling real good today, and then they'll, they'll sit down on, on the ground, crisscross, eat their mashed potatoes, and be like, "Man, I, I hate life. <laughs> I'm fucking kill myself. I'm gonna go eat all the fucking goddamn weed in the store." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever they fucking eat all the peyote, I'm gonna punch the medical bed somebody's in. <laughs> James, uh, I think it was James that asked. 
the good indie games. Dude, let me just I'll scroll through my favorites on Steam real quick. I got I got a couple I can I can shoot off. You got Nuclear Throne. That game, amazing. I think it's like ten bucks. That one's like an over the top shooter. You like you die or you start. Fucking golden. Devil Daggers. Try that out. Trust me. Turn the lights off. Throw that game on. Rail of light. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. If you <laughs> drink it, <don't>. yeah. <laughs> Play double daggers, if, please. If, if you have <laughs> any sort of uh, psychedelic substances, I, I I actually, well, no, it depends. It is, it is. Uh, if you have the mental fortitude, it is an experience. But if you don't, it is a nightmare <laughs> to oh, play that game. Eldritch. I mean, the name alone just kind of says it. But Eldritch. Just, it's, just uh, go you play a bit trip runner. <laughs> It's like a it got PlayStation One graphics. It's kind of it's a newer game though. That one's wild. That one's fucking wild. Exanima. Oh, wow. it, it will. Oh yeah. Oh, that that one's hard to describe. It's the controls are very frustrating, but it's hilarious at the same time. Imperion is basically like No Man's Sky, like great value, but actually works. Dude, I could go on for days, honestly, about Dude, indie yeah. games. I, I have so many. Some I haven't even played yet that I really need to. Oh, yeah. that's I have so many. You were talking about that, I think, on the first episode. Was it where you just buy from Humble Bundles or wherever it is? You just have so many Steam oh, games yeah. that you've never played. Oh, yeah. That's how I got all my indie games, pretty much. Yeah, so you get 300 games with your Steam account and you played half of them. I have over 500 now. <laughs> Yeah, me, I gotta play Spelunky too. Forgot that oh, came out. Yeah, oh yeah, bro. Did you guys ever try to kill the traitor in Spelunky? All right, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. I'm gonna be completely honest. I have seen gameplay of Spelunky. I've not played it. It looks good. And I do want to play it. Yes, yeah, you uh, you remember when hum or any of you did you any of you buy the uh, humble bundles back when they were called humble indie bundle? <laughs> Yeah, I remember I those. Yeah, I think uh, that's where I got introduced to Penumbra and Amnesia. <laughs> or whenever they used to sell, like, Amnesia, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying their shit now was bad, but like they used to sell like really good shit back in the day. Yeah, I I got introduced to Amnesia <laughs> through PewDiePie, actually. I <laughs> Back in the day when he, he first started watching or playing Amnesia, and you only had probably like fifty thousand oh, subscribers I'm, I'm, at the time. Speaking of, of of video games, do you guys know what Koikatsu Party is? No, it's no. an anime game where you build your own bitch, right? That's why I don't know about it. You build your own girl and then you fuck them. But here's the thing: <laughs> there's a VR mode. Oh, what? Yeah, so I had my friend come over and he installed it on my computer and I built like an upside down pear type looking character. And it's just disturbing because it's just like high pitched squeaking the entire time. I was thoroughly disturbed whenever I fucking put on the headset and I saw her like staring back at me with that deformed face I gave her. And I was like, fuck. There's a bunch of uh, very high pitched squeaking. Reminds me of my ex-wife. Anyway, um, yeah, bro, I hate her too. Was the original <laughs> Deus Ex was that considered an indie game? 
Cause mm. Oh shit, I don't know. I don't think so. Really not anymore. Yeah, and I know it's not I anymore. Think, I think back then, indie games wasn't exactly every game. a thing. Yeah, it was kind yeah, of like every yeah. game was an indie game in a way. Because like even even Halo, for example, that that was an indie game I mean, when it first started, pretty much. Halo, I, oh, mean, no, I guess Bungie were indie devs? Kind of, yeah, but like, they... Uh, at that point, they were already like bought and owned by Microsoft. Well, it was Halo that got them bought by Microsoft. I think is they it was uh, by Halo Two. Yeah, no, it was it was originally supposed to be for Mac, I think, and then Microsoft saw it and was like, "Okay, this is the game that we're going to ship our console with. Like, this is going to be the game for our console. We need it." And that was probably one of the best decisions they've ever made. That's probably the oh, best the decision old... they've made since then. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I sold that console. I should have died if it wasn't for that. Because they had fucking um, Nintendo and Sony. They were up against both of them. Yeah. Two already established. Okay. Mark. Honestly, they were ahead of their time with the Connect. I enjoyed uh, the shitty little games it had for that. I that I never enjoyed a single Connect game. I thought it was a gimmick. I, Even yeah, like the uh, Xbox. It was totally game. a gimmick. But no, the fact that like you could throw it in uh in Gary's mod. You can control your character and stuff in Gary's mod. Like, it actually kind of worked. Like, they were... It was way ahead of their time as far as VR goes. Like, it was a decent step. Yeah. Yeah, but... Microsoft has actually abandoned Kinect gaming entirely, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Or almost entirely. And with Kinect, they pretty much only sell it for, like, that use for, like, PCs or, like, research, drones... It's basically everything but gaming. Everything but what yeah. they originally did. 3D scanning and stuff. Yeah. Uh, ghost hunting, too. I know they use connects and ghost hunting. It's all on Ghost Adventures. Oh, yeah, huh? That, that's silly as fuck. That's no. just. Have you, guys ever, uh, have you guys ever played Shovel Knight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. Didn't like oh. it, I did. I barely. It's funny. I the only thing I really remember about Shovel Knight is it was one of the first games to have steam items, and I just had a bunch of, of gems. What oh. what was that game where it was one of those uh, 2D platformer games? I think like Risk of Rain, where you die, you restart. Like your one Rogue life Leg- is one. Rogue Legacy. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Is it Rogue Legacy? But your character gets like a different. Uh, Trait like they can yeah. be blind, yeah. It's really good. Like mesothelioma, yeah. I love okay, yeah. No, I missed that game. I love that. I don't think I have it on Steam for some reason. That That's a really good game, too. I, I, love that game. I I'm gonna get it on a uh, Switch. I'll write that down. I, I think oh. there's kind of, I think they're making a Rogue Legacy, too. Yeah, they are, or it's in early access right now. I think Ooh. I might, I might snag it soon. I want to see if it's on the Switch real quick. Hold up. Yeah, it is on the Switch. I have it on the Switch. Oh, but you could have said that. I had already Googled it by the time. <laughs> well, well he, had, he, had put, he had to put some dead air in there. You know, yeah. So true, true. There's a yawn in there. Yeah, I had to. I was yawning. Sorry. We had some at the beginning, too. That's all right. <laughs> no, but. um. Uh, some of my favorite indie games. There's one card called Curse of the Dead Gods. That one's really fucking good. 
Um, Don't Starve, obviously. Yeah. Enter the Gungeon. Um, oh, that game's fucking hard, man. It, it is hard, but I, that's why I like it. I don't think I've ever gotten past the third boss in that game. I don't even know how many levels there are. Oh, there's there's a lot to it. You probably not. You barely probably even scratch the surface, bro. It's yeah. It's 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 phenomenal. So Nuclear Throne is pretty much Enter the Gungeon, but same same but different, but still same. It's like post-apocalyptic, and you, oh, you got these mutated ass characters and shit. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's a sweet fun. spot for post-apocalyptic shit. Dude, you like it? So I the uh, the soundtrack to it, like the music, reminds me of Borderlands One when you're in uh, Firestone. Like there's that Mm -hmm. little like like all like desert sounding. I don't know what they use for it, what instruments, but I love it. Like I love the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Have you guys ever played Noida? Dude, I put the fuck out of some Noida. That game is also hard as shit. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. But it's so cool. I love it. It's such yeah. a cool game. It's another one of those, um, like, sandbox, like, systemic kind of games where, like, random shit will interact with each other. Like, you'll be shooting, like, a lightning weapon, then, like, a vapor cloud will rise up, and you'll shoot it and electrocute yourself, or, like, fucking, you'll accidentally ignite like an oil slick on fire or you'll mix something and make this weird obscure thing that's like randomly generated like that like turns everything into gold there's like so much like weird shit in that and like you can like the whole game is like essentially you're going down into caves but there's like a whole thing in the surface you can go explore too that like it's never told to you you find a bunch of shit just by like wondering oh is there something over there i don't know uh, if adult swim games are considered indie but I totally forgot about this. This is what, what probably would have been my number one. Volgar the Viking. Hardest hey, fucking game I've ever played. No game I will ever just give up on. Not, well, I'm not giving up, but I, I know I will never beat it. I love playing it, but I'm, I'm never going to be able to beat that fucking game. You know, I think the only Adult Swim game I played was Five Minutes to Kill Yourself on, on um, my iPod Touch. Mm. <laughs> I played... um. A little bit of a what is it? Rain World, I think is what it is. So you play this little slug thing and like run around. Okay, <laughs> slug and... cat, slug cat. Yes, Rain World. You use a little like white, like all white like character with two black dots. It's like this weird mutant thing in like this far like polluted future, and like you like hide from monsters and like go explore shit. And oh, stuff. okay, yeah. Uh, Caden, ever since the other podcast you uh when you recommended Volgar the Viking, I actually played it. It is really fucking hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it, it seems really easy at first, and then you realize what the hell you're you're up against. Like <laughs> watch yeah, a speedrun of that game. Like watch the uh world record speedrun where he doesn't go oh. for the chest, not the all chest. Dude. Yeah. That is the moment that I accepted I will never beat the game. And that was, I only watched that video like two days ago. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I consider it an indie game. Yeah. I'd say it is. I mean, all Adult Swim games, like, yeah, they're like funded by Adult Swim. They're but... just the publisher, aren't they? Like, they're still independent dev studios. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why yeah, it's I, like, I, they're I, all like I, dev I, games. Or, I mean, I indie games. 
think it's important to look at who developed the game, not really who published it, because like yeah. they're the ones that are inspired. Eh, I guess publishers kind of like breathe down their necks and fuck shit up too sometimes, but generally yeah. the devs are the ones I consider or think about when I think about indie. I only brought that up because Adult Swim games is the generalization is really good because all of the games that they brought out, even though you know Adult Swim, besides them. All the ones that they publish, they're really fucking good. I, I don't think there's a yep. game from them that I, I haven't enjoyed. There's this one uh, way back in the day for my iPod. It was a GameStop Adult Swim game. It was back when GameStop's uh, mascot was the little white bunny thing. You know what I'm talking about? That little character? The little white... Yeah. Yeah, and so you're basically like running through like collecting coins and stuff like it was like a mario platform on your phone but it was a little bit more vulgar it was hilarious i love that thing i gotta see if i can find that actually it brings back some nostalgic memories oh i think um i think now is a good time to mention that we should probably oh man oh that was a really uh really funny funny joke james too bad Wait. the podcast audience will never know. Uh, <laughs> well, what it was that fucking you said. horrible transition. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's better than nothing. <laughs> better, than the, better than the dead fucking air, I suppose. Never mind. <laughs> That's okay. We got editing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, we yeah, just sat here in silence and just. Just in straight anger and just hatred for at least thirty minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's yeah, there's a lot of really angry glares, audio yeah. glares because we can only hear each other. But audio glares. You <laughs> you know when it's really silent. Yeah, it sounds like tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. This is fraudulent. I did not say anything against AOC or how much I want to smell her smell her feet. Okay. Right. <laughs> on that note, I think it is time to wrap up episode four of the podcast plus. Yeah. Oh, I found the name of the game. It is Buck and the Coin of Destiny. Buck right. is the name of the little GameStop button. All right. Well, so I'm gonna think about tonight. Anyways, thank you very much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We'll see you all in the next episode. Fuck, like, fuck you. <laughs> My name is Buck, and I like to fuck. <laughs>